dog can go all oh, night. My goodness, listen, I don't think you understand the memories that are attached to that song yeah, yeah. specifically. Who's, who's DJing right now? It's a, that's my DJ. That's, that's your DJ? That's my that's DJ. It. I'm not a DJ. I, I'm I recorded DJ. these songs and y'all took me, took me down memory lane. <laughs> I love that for you. I love that for you. Let's get started, guys. Uh, the views and opinions expressed here today, of course, are those of our guests and does not necessarily reflect those of the Culture Cards or its members. Listener's discretion, as always, is advised. Welcome, everybody. It's your meta host, MJ LaMama, and you're tuned into episode 27 of the Culture Talk, powered by CEO and founder of the Culture Cards NFTs, Mr. Fred Frenchy, a.k.a. our resident DJ, in partnership with the number one hip-hop podcast, <laughs> Drink Champs. So be sure to follow the Culture Cards, its founder, Fred Frenchy, myself, our amazing guest speakers, on all social platforms for more content like this. Now, of course, tonight, we journey through the life of R&B superstar, whose career took flight at the age of 15. He's managed to survive the music business for over 20 years with over a billion streams to date. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with great delight that I welcome Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, actor, author, multi-business owner, and angel investor, Mario. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, we're guys. So, What's up, everybody? We're, <laughs> we're so incredibly honored to have you. Um, thank you for joining our space, of course. Now, of course. listen. Your story is nothing short of inspirational. And of course, I know that a lot of people obviously know who you are, but there are some who actually don't. You've gone through a lot of challenges, and I want to take the audience through a journey of where it all began for you. So maybe you can start off by telling us where it is that you grew up, starting there. Yes, absolutely. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I grew up in a big family raised by mostly my grandmother and my mother. Um, my grandmother passed away when I was 12 years old, but before that, she had been pretty much my most consistent caretaker. So I learned a lot of my discipline from my grandmother. I learned a lot of my soul, my passion, just everything that has to do with unconditional love that I remember from my grandmother. And, um, you know, I sang in church growing up as a kid. And then I, I did a bunch of talent shows when I was younger. Just I think my mom really saw music as a passion of mine from the age of four years old. And she wanted to give me something that would keep me away from the streets of Baltimore and just, you know, have me not go down the same path as a lot of my cousins and family members. You know, we really grew up in um, the west west side of Baltimore, Emerson Village. So, you know, I was surrounded by a lot of drugs, a lot of violence, a lot of just, you know, disparities and things of that nature. So as a kid, you don't, you, you think it's normal. Like, you know, you see this every day. But, you know, she saw something in me that, I didn't see myself. And she, um, you know, she nurtured that. She nurtured that until she couldn't anymore in her, in, in, as she was facing her own substance abuse issues. And luckily enough, I took the passion that I had and I continued from the age of 14 on. Um, I was able to um, get in front of some very important and prominent people in the music business at a young age, like Clive Davis and Peter Edge, who now run RCA. And I was signed to RCA from the age of 14 till about, I negotiated out of my deal at 20, I want to say 22, 23. Mm. And I've pretty much been learning the independent game ever since. Started my own label when I was about 25. I put out my first independent project years after that. Um, after taking a break from myself and kind of just tapping into myself more spiritually and just understanding who I was as a as a being, 
and that kind of gave me the strength to withstand the the um I want to say the struggles but the obstacles that come with the music industry you know the stress that comes with it you know really separating my, separating myself as a being from Mario the artist and the talent itself you know the talent is one thing and you know, there's so many different dimensions of having talent, right? You know, you can use it mm. for your own therapy. You can use it for success. You can use it for a way to communicate who you are, so forth and so so forth and so on. So these are all things that I learned, you know, over the course of those years, um, which actually made me even more passionate about the gift that I had. And, and, and it helped me to find more purpose in it because as a young artist, you know, you're just going through the motions really you know you listening to what everybody else is telling you to do at 14 you don't know anything right. about marketing and promo and and like how to really tell your story um and i really always felt like who i was to my fans and to people who knew the music was so distant from who i really was as a person in my real life like, i've never told my real story through my music um and it's because i, I think it's because i came out so mainstream and the right. songs were very much so just mainstream you know, love songs just about, you know, you say a young, the boy next door type of energy. So, um, which has its, its gifts and its curses, right? But now it's like, okay, how do I find ways to tell my story through the music and continue to build my label and my legacy and being true to myself? Um, so that's Absolutely. just, I guess that's a, a little bit in a nutshell, but it's, there's much more. But yeah, that's just to get started. This, that's the synopsis. Okay, I like that. So <laughs> I, I want yeah. to kind of take it back just a little bit because there's some information where I'd read that you were in a band of some sort with mm. Monique, the comedian's yeah. son. So yeah, so when we, my first talent show uh, when I was in, in middle school, well, sorry, elementary school. So she used to live up the street from my grandmother's house when we moved out of the city into the county. And we went to the same elementary school, me and her son. And so we are, she put the group together. We did our first talent show. And it was the first time I seen my actual gift received by my peers. And I think that was like the second phase of my uh, acknowledging myself as a singer and as someone who could mm. take this to another level, right? And then my mother started putting me in a bunch of talent shows after that. Awesome. Now, I also understood that your father was a gospel singer and you have a sibling who was, I mean, maybe I'm incorrect in that, but no. did you, did you have a sibling who was a drummer? So my, on my father's side, I got four sisters and three brothers. So my, okay. on my father's side, my little brother, my father's side, he was a drummer. Yeah, He still does it, but you know, he's a father now and everything, but yeah, he's definitely a drummer. So my, my family is very musically inclined. Very right? musically inclined. I didn't grow up with my dad, but you know, the the talent and, and the actual genetic, the genetics I got from my, both of my parents, I would say. MJ, I think MJ, you muted. muted. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, listen, I was <laughs> no, like, you're such good. beautiful things. <laughs> such beautiful <laughs> things. <laughs> talking to yourself. Um, <laughs> I no, felt I it in my... spirit, for sure. <laughs> I bet you did. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> what I was in essence asking is that you went from mm -hmm. Uh, gospel music to secular mm -hmm. music. Did your grandmother have any say in that? Was she opposed to it at all? I kind of wonder mean, because mm -hmm. coming from a religious Sorry. background, sometimes there's a little yeah. bit of a pushback, right? Uh, I'm not. It wasn't. My grandmother had passed away when I was 12, so she mm -hmm. didn't get a chance to really, at least in her physical life, she didn't get a mm -hmm. chance to really see that 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 you know me make that transition. But um, 
honestly, my grandmother wasn't one of like she was not judge a judgmental woman. My grandma was a like she she went to church every Sunday, but my grandmother was like a G. Like she was like she accepted people for who they are. You know, she was mm. very much so loving and open and just you know, she understood life in a way where a lot of my family members were in the streets and doing a lot of crazy stuff. She would never judge them. Like she was always the one that will be there for you. You know, you get locked up, Understood. she won't throw you out. You know, she so I, I think my grandmother would support and does support my decision to, you know, enter into the music business. She told me on her dying bed not to give up on my dreams and that I would wow. be she told me I was a star before I, anybody knew that. You know, she told me I was she saw my talent. She saw my light and she saw my strength before anybody did. And so I think she would one hundred percent support support it. I love that for you. Now, yeah. um, take us back to when you were discovered. It was at a talent show. And so yeah. <laughs> what maybe you remember it. So tell us <laughs> what that talent show was and how you actually got discovered. That's so funny, man. Um, so it, I guess it started at home. You know, my mother, she would always make me after that talent show that I did at the, at the elementary school. I think she mm-hmm. saw that I was gaining confidence and she would make me sing everywhere. Literally, I think her she was just proud to show me off as a vocalist and as a young kid who had such a soulful voice. And she would make me sing at barbershop. The first time I actually made money singing was at a barbershop. So, yeah, she she used to cut my hair. And then when when I started going to the barbershop, uh, the first time I went to the barbershop, she made me sing for everybody in the barbershop. And all the barbers gave me like $10 a piece. So I made like $150, $200 just singing in the barbershop. And at the time, Mm. that that was a lot of money. You know of what I'm course. saying? So it's like I realized in that moment the value of the talent I had. And obviously she knew that before I knew it. Um, and then these are just things I can remember. And then from there she entered me into this talent show in Baltimore at a school called Coppin State. Um, and it was a annual talent show. And I was one of the youngest people on the show. I was honestly I didn't want to do it. When I went to the audition and I saw all of the adults and, and the teenagers that were singing and dancing and doing it. I was I was a, I was I was scared. I ain't gonna hold you. I was I was nervous, <laughs> you know, she but she was so aggressive and passionate about it that she it was either like you're gonna do this or I'm gonna beat your ass when we get home. You wanted to <laughs> you take you know what I'm saying, you choose. But um she made me do it, you know, and that talent show changed my life and changed our life. And um, you know, that was the next portal that opened after my grandmother passed. Um my passion for it kind of left. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I I think I got, I became very numb to everything after that because she was mm-hmm. my, she was my hero. I ain't going to lie to you. I never seen a woman love so hard and work so hard and, you know, just love God so much, but also understand shadows of our family and, and just be such an amazing person. You know, I think my work ethic and my resilience comes comes from her, you know what I'm saying? And seeing that and just knowing that she's still here with me. But um yeah, it was that talent show. It was a couple of managers there and some Drew Hill was there. And you know, they <laughs> they was in the middle of their you know, they was at the height of their career. You know, so Wow. Was, yeah. That's overwhelming and that's amazing all at the same time. Now you talk a lot about your mom and you talk about her with absolute passion. And obviously mm-hmm. there is no story of you without your mother. Um, yeah. And I know that there was in fact, you know, a, an MTV um, show that you had done also surrounding some of the struggles that your mom was facing. Maybe mm-hmm. you can share a little bit about 
you know, where that started for her and how that shaped you. And it's interesting because, and I asked this question specifically because you're in a different space in your life now, right? So you're able to see things objectively. And, And so hearing your thoughts on how things transpired, how you grew up, as a child in that environment versus mm-hmm. who you are today as a, as a man, how you view that yeah. objectively. So maybe you can share a little bit about how you see that now, how you view it. What was the situation for you? Like for you rather. Yeah. So looking back um, and feeling into it, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself to kind of find peace with the reality that I faced growing up and the things that I didn't know I needed or so forth and so on. But I think that my being there through all of my mom's transitions and and struggles and her being there through my transitions, you know, transitioning into, you know, moving from Baltimore and and living in a whole other state without her or anybody in my family, all of these things and all of these realities shaped my mindset when it came to diving deeper into who I was as a person and like making sure that I, I didn't, uh, fall into the same psychological traps that maybe mm-hmm. people from my my city fall into. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to drug use and just like the street mentality and like just the stagnant mentality of like just that negative and, and, and the, the, the trauma and the pain and like just staying in that space. Sure. You know, she she inspired me to study and search and educate myself about religion, about spirituality, about, you know, my mother was a very spiritual, she was, she was religious, she respected Christianity, but she was also a student. She mm-hmm. was a chemist, you know, she studied chemistry. Wow. She had a scholarship playing uh, tennis. She was the number one tennis player in Maryland at one point. And so it was like, she was a very well-rounded woman. So I think that part of me is what helped me to kind of, um, expand my knowledge in terms of who I am as a being. And so if it wasn't for that and me understanding her struggles and kind of seeing all of the things that she had to face and she came through, Mm -hmm. I don't think that I would have had the strength to survive this, I guess this industry, this, this thing that we call the, the belly of the beast. Right. And, and still have my light and still have my mind and, and and own, own myself. Mm. Um, because there would have been a lot of doubt, there would have been a lot of fear involved. But because I grew up in a space where there was no room for that, that that's what I say I would take most from it. I love that. Now, when you entered the music world, I'm sure you discovered that there was a little bit of darkness that exists within it. I don't want to say a little bit, a lot of it. <laughs> did you have someone, I mean, you moved away from your mom, did you have anyone that sort of guided you within that space? Who was protecting you as a child in this industry? I think that ultimately I'm going to say God, Mm. you know, I, I definitely had, you know, guardians around me, but in terms of like, when it really came down to it, it was just me and God, you know, and it's always been that way and it shall remain that way. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I can't, there's no, there's no, there's no one else I can really say because if I look back at my whole journey, there's always been no one's perfect. No human on this planet is going to be 100% honest with you. Yeah. No human is going to be 100% unconditionally love loving towards you. Maybe your parents if you get lucky. So for me, it's always been me and God. Mm. God and me. 
That's powerful. That's very powerful. But for the, the truth, because I want I want people to know, and I want people like young people or people my age, whatever our generation, to know. We're old that. now, Mario. Your relation. <laughs> but I don't. We're, I don't. We're old now. I, I feel like we have. So, <laughs> I I feel like we have. That there there's so much that we have to share. There's so much that we have to experience. There's a lo- we have a long way to go, and I feel like the importance uh, it doesn't matter what your religion is what your religion is whatever like the importance of your relationship with with god not from a religious standpoint but just from a standpoint of understanding how to govern yourself when you move into through spaces mm. with yourself with the people you work with you know there has to be a, a certain level of sovereignty that you hold in order for your vision in order for your your um for you for you to be understood sure. so forth and so on for that to cut through, you have to have that. One hundred percent, definitely. Ahead, and that's 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 actually a, a, a very important question, especially for the listener here, mm-hmm. because you know you 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 started your journey at fifteen, right? So yeah, uh, we 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 hear uh, in industries um, a lot of horror mm-hmm. stories, like regarding the yeah. first contracts and all that kind of stuff, like that. So mm-hmm. it's very important to see, like you know, how you you've been able to navigate through that, like you know, at yeah. such a young age. And uh, of course, like you know, uh, we haven't heard anything like you know crazy about uh, about yourself and your journey in the beginning. Yeah. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it was pre- probably very, uh, I would say, uh, uh, I mean, hard to, uh, to 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 operate in that industry at such a young age. So yeah. 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 Luckily, like again, luckily I started young. You know, I started at an age where it's like there were things that I experienced in terms of contractual that you know weren't the fairest thing but i think that every artist it's it's a business you know yeah, and at the end yeah. of the day you again you, i mean this is cliche but you don't get what you deserve you get what you negotiate right and so you have to learn by trial and error and um you know try your best to to um have the the, the best people around you ask a lot of questions and study as much as possible i think the craziest thing I ever went through was just negotiating out of a major label deal, you know, and, and transitioning into a more independent space. And luckily I did that at a at a young enough age to where as though I could still keep myself in my own space relevant, you know. So Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. I think I think if I had started older, it definitely would have would have been wouldn't have been as, as beneficial for me. But, you know, God put me in a in a great space. Now, when you signed your deal, um, do you mind if we ask, like, what type of deal did you actually sign? Because it's funny. We, well, it's not funny. But when I say it's funny, I just mean that <laughs> <laughs> there are so no, many good, artists, you're good. you know, like Not Genuine good. and, and uh, Benny Boom and, you know, yeah. the ones that, we, that we've kind of interacted with. Um, and Frenchie probably will, will tell you that as well, that have, you know, have royalties even till this day that they're trying to recoup. So yeah. what type of deal did you sign? Maybe give us an insight on that, and, is, and maybe you can give advice to those who want to actually pursue music and who want to sign with a label. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was a it was a traditional deal for back then. You know, we're talking about two thousand and two, mm-hmm. and obviously the deal I signed it it was with a production company and a label. So I had two situations to kind of navigate through in order to to get my freedom in a in a way where it, where it was fair. You know, um, and we finally got to that space, but it took years. It took a long time. You know, when you sign major deals, sometimes it takes, 
you know, it took me maybe four or five years to get out of the deal, you know, but, um, yeah, so it's, it's, I don't think things are like they, they used to be obviously because of the digital crusade and, you know, deals are definitely more in favor of the artists today. Um, and you could kind of like choose what, what path you want to take as an independent or, or major if you get that opportunity. But in my opinion, I would say that each artist's journey is specific to what they one want for themselves, right? What do you see for yourself as an artist? Like, what's your vision for your future? You know, your creative expression, like, you know, there's no rules anymore. So, um, I would say study as much as possible about, you know, if there's another artist that's in your lane, what, what has their career been like? Right. You know, creatively, um, are you an artist that you, do you need a hundred thousand dollar video or, or, or are you more of a personal, uh, indie type of artist that only need 10,000, 15,000 for a video, like, you know, or less, you know, you really just have to decide those types of things. Cause ultimately that's going to, that's going to help you decide what type of funds you need, what type of marketing you need ads, so forth and so on. You know, there's so many different ways to, um, relate to, to the people that you want to be your audience. And I also think another way of doing it is also deciding your audience first, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, cause that's like, that's, that's giving you at least a, a destination or like some type of pinpoint on what your music and what your story, how to tell your story, you know, cause everybody receives music differently. So there's so many different ways to, to do that. And ultimately it also is about your team, right? You want to put the right, the people around you that, that are a, um, a match to your aesthetic and your vision. And even you personally, I don't know, there's so many different aspects of it. Yeah. That's something that you can do now that you have sort of more control over what you're putting out. But when you're 14, you're signing a deal, you're, you know, they sort of have an idea or a vision of how they want to package you, right? Yeah, because it was, so, a, it was and it was a lot different back then. That's that's like you know, it's we're talking about fifteen, twenty years, right? Um, mm. So it was about the packaging, it was about the music, it was about the story more than it was about anything else. There was it, the smoke and mirrors came, of course, when you went on stage. Maybe you got you know production, but there was really no smoke and mirrors. It was just about, do I like this artist? Do I like their music? Do I like their story? Right mm-hmm. now, it's a lot different because people have more of an opinion about everything that you do as an artist, and mm-hmm. and it's sad because like I feel sad for a lot of new artists. They gotta they gotta worry about things that we didn't have to worry about, you know. And and it's I think it's more of a mental psychological thing um, coming out as an artist today than it was. We had a little more protection when it came to you know that that space in between our music and our art and the rest of the world now it's like you make one wrong move or you don't do something <laughs> right everything is exposed but you got to nice, be okay yeah. with that and so i think i think if i was when i do sign artists you know one of the development parts of it is going to be psychological it's going to be understanding the mm. psychology behind it because if you don't teach the psychology behind it then you you risk your artists not being able to perform at their highest level in a climate like this so you, to to say this, I think that what you're saying is that in essence, you're still for the artist development portion of it. So you're, you're developing the artist from top to bottom. I think it's important. I really think it's important, man. I think we're getting back to that being important because that's the difference between longevity 
and exactly. just like something that's just a fly by night situation. Artist development means that your artist also it understands their position and understands the art, the science and the psychology behind it. When you go to receive a word, they don't say, Oh, this is just a musical word. They say the Academy of Arts and Science for a reason, because mm-hmm. that's what it is, right? Everything we do is mathematics, quantum physics, you know, geometry, music is math and sound and frequency and all of that mixing together. You know, I mean that's the level I think of it on. And I think that's that's one of the things that I have always carried with me. And I think that it's important for artists to understand that level. I mean, that's the reason why you're still here as well. Like, you know, that Appreciate you, you managed to... And, kind of, and the fans. And the fans. And the fans, man. exactly. And the that's fans. What, I, we, we, I can't even... I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have people, you know, tours and, and shows and, and the things that I'm doing, you know, and being able to make a great living and and still have the passion I have with if it wasn't for the people and for the fans. So they're a big part of it. And so my job is to continue to tell stories that they want to hear and also find a way to be as authentic as possible to myself as well. Oh, definitely. And and that's definitely part of, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the journey that uh, you know, a lot of people are here too, like in that, in that uh, stage. Uh, I definitely, you know, especially to my team, I tell them like you know, there's three words that you need to be very careful about. Like you know, is uh, choices, priority, and timing. Like the CPT. Like you know, and that's basically what you've been doing. Like you know, all your yes, your, your journey and uh, all your life. Choice, priority, and timing. You know, I mean, you put yourself in position to, uh, like you know, you still have fans that still <laughs> they're with you like for over 20 years. It's not everybody. Man. People think that it's 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 uh, easy, but that's not easy at all. To actually like nurture like you know a fan base a core fan base that way is something very very hard i, I come like you know there's a lot of artists that started uh mm-hmm. at the same time frame as you who are nowhere to be found today so like you know uh congrats I, to you, man. yeah no nah, it's, it's real it's real i think it's a mixture of like what you're doing in the moment to stay relevant obviously but taking care of your talent is like you you got to think you're creating memories right for people so it's just like any other brand people want are paying for what they know they're getting from you. Right. And so I think that if you're able to stay consistent in what people expect from you and also introduce something new to them while still giving them what they love, it's the recipe for greatness. You know, you'll be able to evolve that way, but also keep your core and keep your fans happy. Mm, Very well said. Now we talked about this where, you know, you managed to stay afloat for 20 years, but you also managed to stay off the tabloids, the rumor mills for the most part. Right. (laughs) And I want to know how you managed to stay so private yet. So public. (laughs) We need to know this because nobody knows if you're married. There's a secret to it. Please tell us what the science is because we're trying to figure out. You see, a lot of your fans here, a lot of them are women. Okay, I will say that. And they need to know. Yeah. They need to know where you live, where you're at. No, I'm kidding. Right, right. You don't have to tell them where you live. I think that, um, I don't know. I think it's it's really easy for me because it's the way I am in real life. Even as a kid, I've always been very discreet. Like, I've, I've always been in the mix, but also staying in my own lane. And like in my own space, I'm a very observant person, you know what I'm saying? And and I think that I just have mastered my own way of doing what is necessary, you know, to protect myself overall. 
And then also, when it comes time to deliver, deliver. And in my own space and at my own timing, of course, you know, because I'm in competition with myself. But, like, I feel like I think the world is a crazy place. I think the digital world is a crazy place. And if if we're talking about relationships, I love heart and I'm very protective. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, I'm very dominant, not controlling, but I'm very alpha when it comes to my love life. And so I, unless it's like about to be my wife, I'll put that out there. You feel me? But other than that, I'm really not into, yeah, I'm not really into sharing that part of my life too tough. I'll talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I like to perform and and and, and be flirtatious and, and create. I like to create stories and I like to create moments that feel real. I like to use the imagination. I like to play with the psychology behind things. If you watch my visuals and certain things, I'd rather people look at the visuals and... and you create a fantasy. Yes, I love creating fantasy. <laughs> you create a I fantasy. I love it. And I'm not done yet. I'm just getting started. It's going to get crazy. I love yeah. Tim Burton. Like, Tim Burton is one of my favorite wow. creators. And, like, I, I'm not there yet but like you know my visuals and my creativity is going to go to another level over the next few years you know I just um yeah I just like to protect the things I feel like everybody don't need to know everything absolutely I completely agree with you but I mean you know you're you're an R&B singer you know absolutely that's why I stay single that's why I'm single wow okay you know what I'm saying that's why I'm ladies attack <laughs> oh my god you just sent them though <laughs> i just sent them off. i'm saying that's why i'm hey no I, I put you can't see i put the, the four fingers up that's why i'm single uh, okay you know I mean? but okay. it's cool it's it's cool we you know it's that's what i love to do i love to create and i love that for you, you know? <laughs> so take us back here now i know that you went on tour with the destiny childs and the snoop dogs and the pharrells to name a few and those are of course industry giants uh what did you learn from their work ethic if anything at all also what was it the you know any moments that stood out to you in those experiences If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, when I was in middle school, I had Beyonce all over the wall, mm, you know mm, and mm. I had her like she was my. I wanted to just. I've always wanted to work with her, you know. So going on tour with her was, you know, it was amazing to watch her perform every night, and obviously like building a relationship and just getting to know her from, you know, behind the scenes and seeing Destiny's Child and like having access to their audience. And I think the level, obviously, of perfectionism that you have to have in order to be on those types of stages at a young age put me in a space of understanding how to work under pressure 
And, um, you know, that's that's why I still like to sing live on every show. You know, raw. I, li- I love just raw vocals and, like, real moments that, that really stick with people. You know, so if there's anything I learned, it's just that, like, talent in itself and, like, giving people something to hold on to that's when the frequency's, like, that high, it's, it's, um, it's timeless. Timelessness. Mm. That's what I learned from it. Even when it came to hip-hop, I did my first... The African tour you're talking about when I were Pharrell's yeah. Paul, that was crazy. My first time in Africa, we was performing at like fifty thousand seaters. And it was incredible to see the different types of cultures and people and Africa's amazing. If y'all haven't traveled to Africa, it's beautiful. Go there. I'm doing some amazing things right now, working on some projects in Ghana and other places. That's pretty cool. But like all amazing. of that and from the jump, all of that just inspired me on a whole other level to continue to make to make music and, and do this for the rest of my life, knowing that I could tour forever. Yeah. Do you still have a relationship with a lot of these people that you toured with? Yeah, of course. It's it's always love, you know, in the music industry is like, you know, it's like you see each other, y'all work here and there. You might not work or talk for years, but it's always, it's always love. A lot of people tend to say that the, the music industry is sort of, the people are fickle, you know, they're, they're not really, as genuine as you'd like them to be. And I don't know if it's because everyone has to have a mask on for whatever reason. That's why I ask if you guys still maintain the level of relationship. Yeah. No, I feel you. It's, I think that when you're an artist, when you're somebody who is constantly having to turn people into your frequency, you know, mm-hmm. to have success, you're not the same person every day. You know, one of the things I've learned about being an artist and speaking for myself is that, there's a lot of fragmentation. Um, and I think maybe this is just my way of thinking, but I think you mm-hmm. have to kind of have worlds that you dive into to where as though you can become a completely different person to go into a specific creative space. And you may not be the same person when somebody meets you the next time. So somebody can be like, oh, you're fickle or whatever. But it's like, when you're an artist, there's no rules. You know, you're not meant to make someone like, personally like feel comfortable every time you see him it's not my job you know Mm -hmm. but if you sit and talk to me you'll understand me you know what i'm saying so i think that that's what it is i think it's as artists we're just i wouldn't even put all of us in the same box but i think we're in a world that even if you people even through instagram do all that you still wouldn't understand what it's like because there's so many things that happens behind the scenes that come with this world that's not for everybody and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people see things that are just like fantasies or creativity or like energies that just, they don't understand where it comes from or why certain artists are big enough because it's not for everybody and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay for people not to understand everything. It's magic with a K uh, and it's I okay. Agree. I agree. You know I mean? agree. But the reason, so, in essence, what I'm trying to say is that... Sorry, I don't you, know if I answered your question. I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I love that you... Did you mean more the executives before. and the Sorry. game itself? I said, were you meaning more like the executives and like yeah, like within I mean, the industry itself rather than the art, the artists? I mean, the way that I perceive Mario based off of his experiences, and this is just my observation, yes, is that you are in the industry but you're not of the industry does that make sense yeah that does make sense um but i think yeah sure absolutely i mean i 
Yes, I agree with you. Because yes. a lot of people tend to take on the almost a character that they've created surrounding their art. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so that's why I asked you that question because. Got you. Uh-huh. Right. To me, the one common reoccurring theme that I've witnessed or that I've kind of absorbed through a lot of your work or a lot of your um, your interviews and what have you is that you are incredibly grounded in spirituality, right? And to me, that's very intriguing. I understand that you were, you know, born into Christianity, you eventually went on to practice Islam, and then mm-hmm. you, now you're, you're more of a mystic, right? Is that, is that fair? I am a mystic. Yes. You I'm are mystic. Gotcha. a mystic. Yes. Gotcha. So can you tell the listeners what that is and how you came to this choice uh, of belief system? Well, I, I, I think for lack of better explanation, mystic is just the best term that I've studied to help people understand what I relate to in terms of having a title. I personally don't really need a title in terms of what I believe or what I feel. And I think even belief is the wrong word in terms of what I exist as. But for, for the sake of people understanding, because I am a public figure and I do enjoy speaking and expressing myself. So there has to be, you know, I want people to be able to relate to what I'm saying. Um, a mystic is, I would say, a, a being who acknowledges all that exists, both in the seen realm and unseen realms, and practices ways to coexist in harmony with said energies, if you will under God that's my explanation of it now someone else may have another explanation (laughs) who did that is that Mariah go ahead Mariah no I don't have anything to add um you were were clapping okay yeah I was just clapping I mean I'm a mystic myself so I can relate and I feel like the whole room (laughs) you know I was I didn't want to interrupt but I was like I feel you I'm I'm the same Yes, yes. It's really, it's really tough to explain what it is because I think even in that, like we all have our own journeys, right, and our own experiences with life and you know and energy and multi-dimensional experiences. Um, and these things are really personal, right? And so when we come mm-hmm. and have these conversations, I think that if everyone was to explain their journey, and and we sat in a circle and we talked about it, everyone would have their own experience to tell you right and it all leads back to getting to know who you are and getting and and developing a closer relationship with god um through all there is to experience so now in seeking uh, for me seeking knowledge and purpose is fundamental right do you continue the quest of seeking knowledge at all times now that you are a mystic or is it just kind of like you know what it is and that's it the great question i can't tell you that i know Mm anything I, it's like no i don't know if i want to put that word in my vocabulary <laughs> when it comes Fair to these enough. types of things you get what i'm saying because absolutely there is there's like now and then there's now like there's just now right and so it's like mm-hmm. to know something is like nah it's like it can it, things are always evolving and changing and shifting and happening simultaneously in multiple different spaces and realms so it's like 
all we know is right now. This is this is what we know. Anything else is um anything else is kind of an illusion. Um mm-hmm. and I think that presence is the know. Like presence knows. Like that's that's pretty much it. And then at any point in time you can shift that with your will of intention. And you know, and I don't know. It's it's a very interesting reality that we live in. It is very interesting. interesting. But I think I think keeping an open mind is the most important thing about about especially now in these days, about being a quote unquote human being is is being open minded and humble and just non judgmental and protecting your space. Everything else you'll you'll get the answers. The answers will come to you. If you ask, you will receive. I promise you that. Mm, very well said. Now, another mystic that I'm familiar with is Kyrie Irving, <laughs> who's another oh, yeah. public figure. Uh, oh, yeah. Is that somebody you're in touch with? Do you guys exchange and we, sort of philosophize together? <laughs> no, we, we've met before, but we've never had, had conversed about this space before. Mm, that would be very interesting collaboration between the two of you. I love Kyrie, and, and, I, and I love all my brothers who you know stand on what they believe. I respect that. Now... In the music industry, now that you're, you know, you set yourself apart from everybody else, you've kind of stayed under the radar, but sort of still made your presence. You were on Dancing with the Stars, you know, you're, you're still very relevant <laughs> to a lot of people. Um, when you look at the state of R&B right now, where would you position it? How, what would you say it looks like? Because from my angle, I think women are taking over not only hip hop, but they're taking <laughs> over the R&B space as well. So where does that leave you men? What's what's going on? You men is crazy. You, you, you men, men, where are crazy. you? you just... We need you guys to serenade to us. I'm tired of hearing women yeah. cry. I want to hear men cry to me. Yeah. <laughs> man, I do um, miss it. Oh, man. I, I feel you on that. I think that it's hard to talk about music because I feel like music is a very transcendental energy in our lives and as artists we're going through our own journeys i'm gonna get to your your absolute your question but it's hard to speak on it without speaking on it as a whole sure sure take your as time. artists especially in r&b uh, where it's much more emotional and is much more of a psychological emotional feeling based expression based on, you know, our desires to love and be intimate and all these different things. Like love and intimacy is and and um connection is mostly what R and B is about. And so in a space where like the digital crusade changed so much about how we connect with each other and I think it affects a lot of the conversation in music, right? And so I think that we're for a while, it wasn't cool for, and I think perception plays a big part of it too. Like how, how we feel about how we're perceived. Like, okay, if we sing about this, then it's like that's not cool. If we say, so I think that as a, as a um, major, I would say an artist who was signed to a major label, coming out of a major system, I had to kind of re retrain myself to understand like nah it's about relating now like it's not just about making a record for radio or making a record that works it's about relating to your fans and relating to people and speaking your story telling your story so 
I think that it's getting back to that. Um, and I do think female artists have been killing the game. Like they're, they, they're, they're definitely killing the game when it comes to that. And um, I don't think that me making a love song is going to make women not make music crying anymore. I think the state of, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying? I think, I think the state of our relationships, humanity, <laughs> humanity, our relationships, the way that we communicate with women as men, the way that we feel about women, our spiritual evolution individually, but as one is what's going to change the dynamic of how women speak in their music. Right. Cause I definitely love when I, I, I personally love all types of music. And I do think that I was just telling somebody today, like it's crazy because I think that black women who made music were always alternative. They were always like in a space to speak on things much deeper than mainstream music. But when you had like pop, you know, black artists having really big pop success, like that became a thing to do. And it kind of like drowned out the, the, the alternative, like, you know, soulful women that were speaking from love and just like from, from a very, I, I'll use Erica, but I do as, as an example, mm. you know what I'm saying? She, I think is like the queen of that sound and, and, and that feeling and that frequency, you know, you do have a few today that's doing it, you know, the likes of Janae, Janae and, and a few others, but like, I think all of that has to do with the climate of where we are collectively. And I think it's shifting. Um, and I definitely want to be a part of that shift, but I will say that over the past few years, I've been sharing a lot of more of more of my, I would say my shadow side through my music, you know, to where it may have been, not have been all about love and more about expressing the other sides of myself. I call it real. That's like my kind of my, my art, my, my other side, my alter ego, because his name is real. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. And he, he expresses differently than Mario expresses. Mario expressed, from a more hopeful place that involves mm-hmm. sacrifice and, and love and all of that. Rio's more, you know, he just kind of says whatever he's, he's more impulsive, you know, he says whatever he feels. And, 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 and sometimes it's, it's, it's a little more toxic meaning like it doesn't have to be, he doesn't care if it's right or wrong. He doesn't care if the relationship works or not. He just says what he feels in the moment. You know what I'm saying? But, he definitely still loves, but he's just a little more impulsive when it comes to it. So mm. it's honest, though. It's still honest. Mm. Now, with the state of music today, what would you say is the biggest shift or change that you witnessed throughout the years? The biggest shift? Mm. What's changed the most mm-hmm. based off of your perspective? I think the biggest shift. Because uh, you mentioned I, digital. I guess I would say, I guess, I guess I would, what was you about to say? I was going to say, you mentioned the digital space kind of shifted the way definitely. things are, right? That's one. That's but is that one. Yeah. Um, I would say the the level and the quantity of writers and producers who work on different projects like there are Mm. a lot more creatives involved now than there was before um there's there's a lot lot less a lot less real 
I don't want to say real music, but less instruments. I do I agree. like so that's sure. yeah, that's one of the things that came with the digital age. Like I miss mm-hmm. it, music feels mm-hmm. very different when it's like yeah, real instruments versus you know like a lot of plugins and like synth. That's and so true. Yeah, you can so do true. dope stuff still, but yeah, it's it's different. That's so true. I think I think that I think the the how many creatives there are and like projects coming out obviously there's i forgot the number but spotify releases hundreds of thousands of music like songs a week or something but like um that and it's also the what i was gonna say the um the the the, the creative um what's the word the creativity the the distinctiveness of music mm. right the there was no like when Missy came out like there was no there's there was no been, Missy's. there's no other Missy like you get what I'm yeah. saying like yeah the yeah. music industry allowed for there to be more variety and creativity mm-hmm. you know and I feel like though there can be those artists they don't always get the shine that they deserve because it's still controlled to a certain degree because the labels still have a monopoly on the DSPs you know so it's like. That's and we've entered world. into the era of the algorithm. So now, like you said, very talented artists are being skipped over because they're looking at different metrics now to determine, exactly. you know, what's hot and what's not. Or exactly. is, or are you saying, Mario, that the market has opened and it's expanded, if you will? It's both. I think it's both. I think I think it's expanded, which was my first statement about there being so much, so so much more. Um, so many more creatives in the space, but it's also condensed at the top, you know what I mean, to a certain degree. But I think, I don't know, I think it's tough because I don't think everybody can be at the top in terms of um, the space that's there. You know, we think of the bandwidth, right, of playlists and things of that nature. Like, not everybody can be on every playlist. So it's like what what is important, you know, to you as an artist. I mean, that's I think that's where that conversation comes in. How do you how can you find other creative ways to, you know, get visibility, so forth and so on. I mean, I'm not at that place where I'm a new artist, so I can't say what it's like as a new artist because I don't know. I can't speak from that perspective, but I would like to know, you know, what it's like for new artists in that space, but. Um, I definitely think that there's there's fans out there for you. So it's like it doesn't even matter if you're if you're doing extremely creative far left music. I think there's fans for that. And the beautiful thing about the internet and and I'm sorry about social media is that you can reach those people. You know, if you got a room full of 500 people in every state, you know, you can make that work for you. You can build that. You can grow from that space. You know, I just think it's about being okay with that and knowing that you can still grow from that space and if you're if your passion is making that type of music that's far left then you should i think there'll come a time there'll come a time and a place where that type of music will shine on its own in its own space whether it be a commercial or it could be it, there's so many ways no for sure 
So I just want to acknowledge my my big brother downstairs. I mean, down there, like you know, in the audience. <laughs> I'll be I'll be sure he's here, but he sends his love. He cannot really speak right now, but uh, he definitely sends his love. We send we send our love back. Send our love and healing and peace, love, brother. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, um, yeah, I mean, thank you for responding to that. I just wanted to also maybe kind of point out that maybe today or the way that we see it or view it today, and maybe that's because we have access to the Internet, whereas before we, you know, we were kind of limited to what we saw on TV. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's this sort of microwave kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, production, if you will, whereas people kind of find out what the science is to going viral mm -hmm. And that's essentially what they put out there. There's really no creativity behind it. It's just almost like a, a great marketing scheme. Yes, it's, man. I think that, again, that goes back to humanity to me. I, I, I associate those types of things to everything across the board. The foods, the t TV, everything. Everything is in that frequency of synthetic, you know, algorithms so forth and so on that's just it's where the world is right now unfortunately mm. um and although it's just like the subconscious mind this it, entertainment is entertainment right but when you when you go deeper into it and you know and you see it for what it really is then it's like oh shit are we really in the matrix like we're in like we in this we're in it mm -hmm. we in it right now and i think that not everybody is for everything and not everything is for everyone. So it's like, you have to just decide as an individual, like what frequency you want to exist on and find a way to use. You can, I think you can use any social media or whatever for your own frequency or wherever you are. So that's the beauty in it. But as far as the masses go, I mean, I, how deep you want to go into this conversation? Because <laughs> listen, we can go as deep as you want. Go. But here's the thing: I it, know that you have, yeah. I know that you have other engagements, so I don't want to yeah. keep you hostage here for as long as possible. Even though we would love to, but would you yeah. be willing and open to a part two segment with us, just in future? Absolutely, I love these types of conversations, and um, if people are willing to listen, then let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll have you for a part two. Are you willing to take a couple of questions from the audience? Because I know that they're dying. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to bring some folks up. Raise your hands, please. And thank you. I'm going to bring some super fans up here. Let's go. All right. So we've got M Peace Infinity. We're going to let her respond in just a moment. Hi, hello. Vail, I'm going to bring you up as well. Hi. Um... Whoever gets the mic first. <laughs> Can you hear me? How are you? Yes, I can hear you. Hey, um, thank you for welcoming me to the space. Um, I want to say big shouts out to Big Brother I'll be sure and um thanks for letting me um ask a couple questions. Oh, well, at least one question to Mario. Um, thank you. Well, I wanted to right. comment actually. It's not really a question. Um, you were saying that you since you're not necessarily a new artist, um that you weren't sure like what the experience was with artists that are trying to um i guess like put their put their music forth or their their artistry forth yes as a as a completely new artist yes okay well i'm not completely new but i my stuff isn't really known um and i had the experience mm -hmm. of kind of trying to uh be marketed before you know the internet mm -hmm. age and now that i'm entering this age i'm finding that mm -hmm. I, I love the how you spoke on the algorithm because that's that's a big deal, understanding that and how it works. Um, 
I'm learning that as I go. I would say it's an interesting experience because mm-hmm. I find that I, my motivation is to see who is interested in my sound, um, what I have to say. And I would say that the internet provides uh, more opportunity to see that in a, in a, a quicker fashion. I know that um, uh-huh. the term microwave was mentioned. It It is, uh-huh. if you're not really about, you know, the integrity of your artistry, yeah, it can give a microwave feel. But I appreciate the fast turnaround to find out who who my people are, like who is interested yeah. in my sound, who is interested in what I yes. have to say, you know, um, that I, I I enjoy about the internet age, but what I don't like is the that microwave thing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. everything can just be any anything and anything can just be like pumped up to this big deal mm-hmm. that's about nothing. That's what I don't like. So that's the competition for someone like yourself or myself that is a real artist that wants to get hurt and, you know, have their artistry heard. But then, you know, it's just a bunch of, you know, videos of people throwing spaghetti in a pot and then there's, you know, put, putting a, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I, I agree I think, with you. I, I think that it goes back to you deciding like what, who, who you want to be. And I think that, like you said, you know, your people are out there. It's about finding your tribe, your musical tribe. For sure. And, not focusing on like other artists or what they're doing or whatever, because, you know, it's like if someone wants, people want what they want, even if it shifts in five days or two years, like if someone is on something, we go, we all got friends that we want to change, but they ain't going to change until they want to change. Right. So you can't, I, I would say not chasing people who aren't looking for what you have to offer because you can lose a lot of money that way. And you can also just find yourself disempowered and, and, and not motivated because you may not be getting a response from the from the audience you want. I say five, find your tribe. And I think that that's the best way to do it because, you know, they're going to stay there and you can build that tribe over time. And ultimately that can turn into, you know, a return for you, both financially and you know, internally, you know, passion-wise, so forth and so on. Amazing. I hope that answered your question, love. I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Vel. Please keep it direct and poignant. Ask your question. All right. Uh, First, I wanted to say good evening to everybody. Uh, Mario, I've been a fan of yours since I was young. Like, uh, I remember (laughs) bought me your first album and told me, go learn Wow. Grades. And wow. my dad bought me a second moved to Dallas because he was like, Yeah, I know it's emotional and it's different for you out here, you know, whatever, whatever. So I, I've been a fan of yours for a minute. Uh last week I Thank mad because I went to work and did overtime. Uh I work as an electrician. And uh we went to a new building and I bought a hoodie from when you had dropped uh the the Mars EP. Well the 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the EP close to the Mars and everything. Yeah, so I bought the hoodie, and the hoodie got dirty. So my girlfriend tried her best to go ahead and you know get it cleaned and everything like that. But I was like, man, I knew I can't buy it again. Like, uh, so I wanted to ask you, like, when when do you plan on dropping more merchandise? Man, absolutely. Um, thank you for that, by the way. Thank you for all the support over the years. Shout out to Moms and Pops. 
Um, for sure. Um, soon. So honestly, my I'm gonna be doing my own solo tour after I drop my next project, which I'll have a date coming soon. Oh, oh, um, I'm in sorry, single, single mode right now. So speaking of, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, all right, so. I actually went and saw you in concert for the first time March 4th when you came down here to New Orleans as well. Oh, fire. Okay, that was, what, that was a few yeah, like, a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad you pulled up. But yeah, I'm going to be dropping merch on my next solo tour. All right, appreciate it, man. Hey, when the next album coming up? No doubt. I'll let you know when I get that date. All right, all right. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Thanks, Thank man. You. All right. Thank you for those questions. I know we've got some female fans who are dying to get on stage, but unfortunately, uh, I think one more, one more, one more, one more. He said one more girl. <laughs> listen, we, we need a woman. Come, listen, direct with the question. He's limited on time, ladies. All right. Let's bring Janice up. Save by the bell, Janice. She, listen, she got her makeup on. She has her bangs out. She's ready. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead, Johnny. It's yours. He's a mermaid. Let's go. Janice once. Janice twice. twice. I'm going to bring somebody else up. Hey, she's probably drinking fast. water to get her voice right. Listen, she is getting... <laughs> she is moistening the palate. <laughs> Not her moistening yeah. the palate. Um, all right, Janice, I'm sorry, my love. I'm going to throw it to Linda. Linda, please come up and ask your question. I have a feeling this is going to be a good one. Hi, yeah, this is gonna Hi be so everyone. Can you hear me? What's up, Lizzie? How you doing? Hey, hey, Mario. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just want to say really quickly because I know um, you know, you're limited on time, but I've literally been a huge supporter of you um since your first debut project in 2002. I've literally, uh, we've we met a couple of times at the JNR Music World. Mm -hmm um and trl mm -hmm. <laughs> so but anywho um i know you mentioned having your um your alter ego rio and i definitely admire your growth and evolution as an artist especially up to this point where you're able to decipher you know those um those different layers of yourself as far as you know mario talking about you know the the deep love you know the deep loving side and then rio which is like the more like um aggressive and um impulsive side if you will so um mm -hmm. what other sides do you plan on <laughs> exploring you know in your music nice question i love this question um certainly the more transcendental mystical side because i feel like it's needed um i'm manifesting the tribe that i'm supposed to make that type of music with and i think it'll be a mixture of that part of me and what people and and the conversation surrounding love you know what i'm saying but it's it's more about just self realization you know through music and and but it's still going to be fun though and it's still going to be I would say trendy, but it's still going to have some movement to it to where it can live in multiple spaces. But the undertone of it will very much so be um, about awareness and self, self, uh, self-reflection, so forth and so on. That type of project I'm, I've never done, but I'm, I know it's going to be special and it's going to be um, powerful. Dope, dope. Yes. 
Absolutely. That was a great question, by the way. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Linda. Awesome. 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 Thank you for responding to that question. And I hope that answered your question. Now, Frenchie, I know that you want to quickly touch on who we are as a brand, what we do, and how we'd love to collaborate with someone like Mario. No, definitely, definitely. I'm going I'm to keep it short and quick because I know my man Angie right here is about to text me in the back channel and be like, yo. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, look, uh, the culture card, like, you know, what we do for the culture is basically we try to uh, uh, get, like, anybody from, uh, like, all the architects, the pioneers, the legends of of the culture uh, to right. embrace, you know, Web3, right? And, uh, like, what we've created is, like, a, a dope project uh, called the Culture Cards, which is, like, a, a card, like, a collection of NFT cards with statistics in the back. And what we do is celebrating and rewarding, <clears throat> sorry, all the, the, the architects of the culture. So we, we're creating a, a platform where people are able, uh, are able to buy the cards and in, in exchange, you know, redeem, like, real-life experience with the talent. So we have people like Teddy Riley that, like, you know, Alex was here, but, like, you know, Rodney Jerkins, like, the game, like, Jennifer Lopez, all those people that we signed into that project. Well, we we get giving like you know the the actual uh, uh, holder of those cards to interact with them directly via ticket of you know, ticket of concerts, meet and greets, going on tour with some of the artists, uh, few, uh, I mean a studio session with some of the dopest producers ever, uh, stuff like that, right? Like it's really a uh, 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 real life interaction with the culture. We're unlocking the best of the culture with the, the those architects. That's really like you know the, the short uh, thing of it. But the only the, the, yeah definitely like, the last thing is that we also thanks to that project we also like you know helping some of the the, 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 the pioneers in need. So we paid like you know twelve months of rent from these artists. Like we want us to be, remain anonymous, but from artists in a, in, a, in New York, we paid uh, twelve months of his rent because he was facing eviction and he was an artist from the nineties who sold like millions and millions of albums. So we did that. We also like you know paid like you know medical bills for art an artist from the Bay Area who was uh, basically doing like you know knee surgery and all that, and also working on the publishing side with my man Goo is probably down here like you know but we also like you know reviewing all those guys like you know contract and locating the money that's being owed to them and then giving them money back to to those talent so anyway I know that we are we're going to talk you know you me and Andy like you know probably soon and I'm going to give you a more like you know in-depth presentation of what we're doing but we definitely need someone like you and i know that you are you're definitely willing to 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 learn and you're embracing that space as well right now so uh we definitely need to connect on that man i love it i love that man no, thanks thanks and and also i own i own the festival that you're going to be in in australia in the end of the year or beginning of the ne- or next year like I, I own the festival that you booked on so like we're definitely going to see each other there at juicy fest yes sir that's my you festival. Own that festival that's fire yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> yeah, we nah, definitely we, got some business to talk about for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like <laughs> the lineup, the lineup. We we just finalizing the lineup uh, a couple of days ago, so we're gonna announce it like you know next week or so. But it's uh, it's it's gonna be dope. This one like gonna be even bigger than like, the one we did last year. So uh, we're so happy to have you there. My business partner, like you know, have you on the bill. So I was so happy to see your name there. Hey man, I got a few requests. We're gonna have to talk behind the scenes. No, 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 you're part of this. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Welcome, no problem. Hey, Andy. Hey, Andy. Hey, Andy. Yeah, set that call up, baby. 
<laughs> Real quick before, before you run Mario, I haven't seen you since touring in Africa a few years ago, but I just yeah. wanted to let you know that you were one of the few artists that I had the pleasure of being on the road with who was actually kind and really sweet. And it's really nice to hear you speaking uh, this evening and talking about your journey. And the more you spoke, the more I was like, okay, no wonder why I was drawn to him as a person because yeah you're actually awesome so i really just keep it good work i'm <laughs> looking forward to like <laughs> hopefully we'll be working together with the what part of africa are you from i'm not from africa oh, you, you you just don't remember we were running the streets like we were on the same tour and uh in we, africa, I, but I remember... was this the tour was this the one with um with everybody on with Snoop and Pharrell, everybody was that that tour? Yeah, we were all out there, wow, and then if you remember, like we ended up walking through the streets where all like all the kids were going crazy, like you and you were the person who kind of like made that happen because everyone just wanted to go party or whatever, and you were like, nah, I want to go and I want to see the people, and I want to meet the kids and whatnot, That's and dope. it was it got kind of crazy. That's fine. Well, Andy, my my business partner, he's from Congo. We always yeah, I'm from Congo. I know we we both from Congo. I'm from Congo too, so I know that's why. It's the Congo coalition over here. <laughs> oh, shout out to my African family, man. The, the right, Congo man, takeover. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate so y'all. So, thank y'all so yeah, much. I appreciate definitely. you. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so us. much, brother. And then, uh, yeah, we definitely need a part two. We're gonna do a part two soon. So Andy set that up, but right. definitely Andy sent the call. Like you know, maybe next week or so. Uh, so we can have like a Zoom conversation or whatever with uh, with the brother, and then we locked everything in. Okay. No doubt, that being man. said, everybody, y'all stay blessed. You do the Thank same. You. Thank you. All right. Thank Thanks you all for joining us on the Culture Talk episode twenty-seven, powered by the CEO of Culture Cards NFTs, Fred Frenchie, in partnership with the number one hip hop podcast, Drink Champs. A special and warm thank you to our amazing guest, Mario. To keep up with everything Culture Cards, follow our Discord, The Culture Cards, or stay up to date on Twitter by hitting the follow button on myself, Fred Frenchie, The Culture Cards, and or our guests. Catch us every Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Till next time, have a blessed night. Bye, Mario. Thank you, guys. This has been another episode of Culture Talk brought to you by CEO and founder Fred Frenchie of The Culture Cards. Thank you for tuning in and special thanks to the featured guest.